All right, we are live. So we're here with my great friend, Nick Simi. Uh, my name is Clay Ratterman. This is the first episode of the podcast. I still don't have a name for it yet, so we're going to hold off on the name. Uh, <laughs> very professional. Um, but yeah, we were Nick and I were just talking before we started this. We figured we'd just turn it on and, and get going. Uh, we were kind of diving into the the David Goggins uh, randomly running 200 miles here. Before we jump into that, Nick is a, uh, currently he's in PT school. Nick is one of my great friends. Nick and I both walked on together at uh, Ohio State to play football when we were in college. We were both, what is it, two years now removed? Two and a half years removed from college? Three. Three years removed from, Three yeah, years, time's flying. Yeah, so 2017 was our last season. 2018 is when we technically graduated. But that's how we uh, really got kind of acquainted and became really good friends. And on today's episode, we're going to dive into the ins and outs kind of of really what the difference is between uh, difficulty and some of the, the things we've done physically throughout our career. So Nick and I have We've been lifting weights for a really long time. We've walked on to one of the hardest Division One programs. We've tried ultra marathon running. So we're going to dive in and figure out really, you know, from our two perspectives, what was the hardest physically on our bodies? Um, and kind of to segue into that, we just saw, you know, David Goggins ran a 50-mile race and then all of a sudden just on a whim decides to go do another 200-mile race with, what was the guy's name, Dobbs? Yeah, I saw it was Dobbs. Dobbs, that's all yeah, I know about legend. him, but just, just yeah, his I, name. Oh, I know. And, and just how it came up, you know, of course I'm just, I'm finishing my Thanksgiving, right. I'm scrolling down on Instagram and he's like, yeah, spur of the moment, 200 miler had a really good friend, AKA Dobbs. He's, he's doing his, you know, second attempt at this 200 mile race. I thought, why not join him? Right. Oh like, my God. Like, why not? Why not? That just, like I saw, so I saw the same thing and I was telling Nick, like, dude, it, it just makes me like, I don't understand how, how he has the time to be able to just on a whim, go do that. Like people don't get it. Like a 200 mile run. Like how long do you think that takes? Like well, not, not only the, the actual time of the race itself, but in terms of like uh, recovery and all the stuff that's just involved in it. It's not like you're just giving away two days of time. You know, you're giving away two days of time plus the recovery plus whatever else. Like, it's just such a big time commitment. I would say weeks. I mean, until you're like fully <laughs> back up and at him. I mean, maybe that's me. He's a, he's a machine of a human. Yeah, but that's true. My, my favorite part about the entire thing is I saw an update. I've been watching his Instagram updates on his live and – He's sitting there. He's like, yeah, you know, I was running with Dobbs. I looked down. I had a meeting at 1730. So I had to run ahead to the next aid station, beat him so I could sit down and have a business work oh, meeting in the middle. It was like, I think it was 40 miles in. The aid station was at 40 miles. So he, he goes past Dobbs, says, hey, man, I'll see you at the aid station. I need to get to the aid station because I have a business meeting. Okay, so, so that, ex just, that just answers my question. <laughs> yeah, so that's how he has time. Yeah. I guess he's just an absolute savage. See, like, it makes me – It. I was telling Nick, because we, we've done one 100-mile race, um, 
and yeah, we're not runners or anything. And, and, you know, neither was David Goggins. That's why we're so inspired by, you know, his story and stuff. But man, when, when you see someone that goes out there and is consistently on that grind, like, you know, Nick and I are consistent, I would say very consistent in what we do, but not consistent on the level of like, you know, a 200 mile, cause he just did a 200 mile run. Like what was it a month ago? So he's 200 mile run, 50 mile run, 200 mile run. I'm like, how is he out of time to hit all those long runs? Like it took us literally, it took me probably four days before I was like, comfortably walking before i could get out of bed yeah i probably couldn't comfortably walk for seven to ten days after after a hundred mile run it was our first attempt after 100 after 100 yes let alone 200 and i think it was a week removed from 50 miles yeah he he's an he's on another level so to to dive into that let's let's go through because you know David Goggins has his own, uh, and we're no, by no means comparing ourselves to him. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is just Absolutely some a fun, fun conversation that we were having beforehand because, you know, it, it does inspire us to be like, all right, we need to be doing more. Um, but so Nick and I, uh, we were kind of having, you know, talking at one point, trying to figure out what was harder between, you know, all the physical things that we've done in our lives so far. So, whether that's, you know, the hardest workout we've ever had from a weightlifting perspective, um, whether that was college football, like walk on days where you enter fall camp and you get your body beat up. Was it the hundred mile run that we did? Or was it the, we did a marathon uh, without any training really with no stops. And that was actually extremely difficult too. So Nick, I want to know out of your life, give me this, you know, give me the breakdown of a couple of the hardest things that, that you've done. And then we'll dive into, you know, the ins and outs of, of what is uh, the hardest so far. So I think of this in two ways. I think of it physically and then mentally and really emotionally, I guess all of it combined in one. So I kind of break it down in different categories. So mm. I would say getting on to the football team was very much a like a commitment a mental grind like you kind of had to put in the work with no one watching and really no um, like affirmation that you're actually going to be on the team so you're kind of in your head a lot and I really thought that was something that was difficult to adapt to because no one's really pushing you to do that you know yeah it's up to you that's a weird one right especially as a walk-on like no one believes in you right (laughs) right right and so it's almost like you have to think of yourself as you, you kind of have to put yourself in that, in that situation. So I would say for me, like that was kind of difficult. I'm not going to say that is the hardest thing. Um, I would probably say mentally and physically hands down. It's the 100 mile race that we did. Okay. So I would say so co- what about- combined in the perfect storm, um, just in order to complete something, in order to complete the 100 mile race, I had to give literally everything that I had physically and mentally not that I didn't have to give that Ohio state. Um, but it's more of like ups and downs. It's more of like the, the short sprints that you think about. And I guess you can break down a hundred mile race like that. But, um, yeah, there's definitely the ups and downs to both, but they last like, so with walking on at Ohio state, you're talking about the mental aspect, you know, it being tough before you walked on really, but what about like, how hard was it 
you know, to keep up and practice during a fall camp, for example, like, you know, no, it's notorious fall camps, one of the hardest times, especially at one of those division one schools when you're, if you're a walk on or you're someone who's getting a lot of reps during practice. So what do you think compared to like, I'm talking hardest part of football fall camp or the hardest workouts of football versus, and you have to include the longevity of, you know, it's not just one day, like the hundred miler it's, day after day after day after day versus the just sheer brute force of the first hundred miler you've ever done. I would so I mean, I definitely would say that there are workouts, you know, like the Valentine's day workout, you have mat drills, like those things are super difficult, but fall camp is very, very hard in the sense that you walk in day one, and you have like 21 to 28 days of doing this. Like yeah. it's the duration of what Clay's talking about. Like when you go into a workout, you can be absolutely destroyed after two or three hours, like absolutely beat down. Yeah. You have to get up and, and do it again the next day, but the duration is so much less. Like during camp, you're walking into the building, you're getting woken up at 5:30, 5:45, shuttled to the facility. And you're there for, you know, once you get there at about seven o'clock, you're there for like 12, 13, 14 hours. And then you go mm -hmm. to bed, you know, you have a curfew and then you're back up doing it again. So you are, you know, fighting exhaustion. You're fighting just the mental fatigue of going through and getting beat down, you know, whatever, you know, position that you play. So I would say it is super difficult to rev yourself back up and say, today I got to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Nick and I, we used to, I remember Nick, we, we literally used to go, oh man, we had it rough because both of us were like, we were getting hurt, like injured. And we were just hiding as walk-ons, like you don't get hurt. So we're just hiding the injuries left and right. And I remember like we would take these, we would take the, those mats. We would go hide on the indoor turf field during lunch and build a fort of these mats <laughs> We'd see people, we'd see Dwayne Haskins out there. We'd see all these other, like, you know, people who are now in the NFL doing extremely well. Um, they're all out there also hiding and sleeping with us. We're all like building these forts to sleep in, trying to just get away. Like we just wanted to get away for a little bit and, you know, reset your mind. And so Nick and I would go set an alarm and we'd hide behind these, you know, these tractors and build this fort of mats to sleep on. And I just remember like every time we'd, cause it's a 30, it's like probably what, 20 minute, 30 minute nap. Bliss. Bliss. Pure <laughs> happiness. <laughs> yeah. With well, a second that alarm goes off and you hear people <laughs> over the microphone, you're like, Oh no. Oh, and so, uh, fall camp was one of those times where like, if you hadn't done it yet, I feel like the more times you go through it, the easier it gets as with anything. Um, but for fall camp, it was, it wasn't like, like he, Nick, you were saying, it wasn't like it was like, overbearing for one day it was the fact that you had to do we had 28 days of it or 21 days of it straight you know at that time so it was like you know our days were 6 a.m we'd wake up at 5 get shuttled over on the bus uh film taped you know practice by like 6 a.m it was like a 6 a.m day all the way to like 9 10 o'clock at night you'd get shuttled back to the hotel and you wake up again and it's just go 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 for you know just all those days in a row so your my body was beat down, but I don't know. I don't think it compares 
still to the hundred miler in terms of like sheer damage, even damage to my body. Like my body was broken on fall camp, but what about you for hundred mile versus fall camp body wise? The thing that I equated to was there was never a day in fall camp as hard as, and, and as difficult as it was, I could get out of bed and I can walk and I can move. And I, you know, obviously it was able to practice again the next yeah. day, you know, and they're good about recovery too. Right. So that's huge. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you get, you get enough downtime, you know, and you know, you're able to eat, hydrate, sleep, whatever. When you're doing the hundred miler that day of, and those <laughs> like following days, guys, I'm, I'm, I literally felt like I couldn't use my legs. Like I had to roll like a log. <laughs> To get well, around, I would. I, I'm not kidding. I would crawl on my hands and knees to go to the bathroom. Well, so I, so I was in the same boat, but I think the the easiest way to describe it, and this is again coming from you know Nick is Nick. What were you? Two hundred and two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty at the time. Two thirty five when he ran the hundred miler. I was like one eighty five or so. Um, so I'm significantly lighter, so a little bit less damage to my my body in terms of impact. Uh, but I mean, still, I had some man, some I could not walk for several days, and this is also because we did this within, you know, we went from no running at all to you know two in two months and some change later, running a hundred milers or running a one hundred miler. Um, and the best way I can describe is I think back to fall camp and I remember having really bad shin splints and, you know, dislocating my shoulder or, you know, different stuff happening like that. But those were all like one-off, you know, injuries and like, yeah, the shin splints were nagging, but I could take ibuprofen and, and, you know, use biofreeze or whatever, and it would work. The hundred miler, the, the ibuprofen worked once and then it stopped working. So <laughs> that's the way I, is this accurate to say, I'm, I'm thinking about this here. If you condense those 21 days of camp into 24 hours, would you say it's that, like, think about like how overwhelming that is, you know, condensing all of that. And it, it might be an exaggeration. Yeah. But just like, I know what you mean. It's like you go through so many different ups and downs, emotions, the, the inner struggle of telling yourself to keep going but you go through that so many times in a span of a, of a 100 mile race. Yeah, it's like, like you, you ha you're, you're like pressing on so hard where like you're in fall camp, you know that like, all right, I'm in meetings for an hour, boom. And then you get a break and then boom, you get a break. Yeah. It's like you get a second to collect yourself. Yeah. And those Even rest those stations, collect, they're if, not <laughs> what three to five minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes max. Like, yeah, no, those rest stations, if, if you're trying to do a hundred miler and you're trying to make the time and, you know, do all that stuff, you are not resting at the, those aid stations for more than a hot second. It feels like, like you're there and you're out and you're up and going again. The difference though, is like, if you can condense that practice period of football, it's just a different type of mental battle and a type of workout. Cause it's like, it's very high stress in those moments of football where it's like, you know, a play is like seven seconds long or whatever. So it's these, it's these like mental and physical, you know, very quick bursts of energy. Um, and then also lifting weights and stuff like that. But for football, I, 
I don't think you could even condense those days down properly. If you were to take the hardest part out of it and you say just practice for 21 days distilled down into 24 hours, it would probably be harder to, you know, if that, that, I mean, that would be impossible probably to just like, you know, do that many sheer practices in that amount of time. But um, I, I still, I just, it's like a different type of, it's like saying um, doing like a, like a one rep max of something versus repping something, you know, a hundred times. It's like, you know, when you do a practice, it's this very high intensity um, and, and hard workout for two hours or whatever. And then, you know, a hundred miler is this, this very dull aching long run. Like you're barely even moving at some point. It's like, you're just like, but when you're doing this small little run, it feels so painful at times. And, and I think you touched on something too. And in, in the, the mental aspect is something that I'm fascinated with. The thing that really gets me is when you're, let's say you're three days in a camp, right? And you have 18 more days. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how you have to frame that in your head. And even when you're doing a race, no matter it's, no, no matter if it's a mile or half a mile, whatever, whatever distance, like before you start, or let's say it's a longer duration and you're only like a quarter of the way there and you're like, oh shoot, I have X amount left. Like how you have to wire yourself to keep yourself on, on track. I think that is like, that is the struggle. So how do you do it? How How do you chunk it down? Are you a guy that's like, well, let's do it in two ways. Are you, how do you chunk that down when you, let's say you, you do 10 reps of a, of a, you know, 15 reps. I knew, I knew this you were is, going here. I knew this you is were a, going here. This is a good situation. Cause I this think is, we were on the same page here. What do you do when you're at that point where your body's saying like, there's no more. And how do you chunk down that rest that you still have to accomplish? I would say, I mean, taking motivation out, right. Like yeah, how I actually frame out. the set. Yeah. I mean, cause like you psych yourself up, whatever. And you know, everyone's got a different why. If I'm doing 15 reps, I'm going yeah. 10 and five. So I'm, I'm counting yeah. to 10 okay. and then I'm doing, and then it's like, I got one, two, three, four, yeah. five. Yeah. I'm not doing 11. 12, yeah. 30. Yeah. Cause I'm I the think same like boat. once you're going 11, 12, 13, like you're just telling your head, like you're doing all these reps, like your yeah. body knows you're doing the reps cause you're doing it. Yeah. But now it's like, as soon as you tell yourself, all right, one. I just you have one start. more. Like you got one more <laughs> and then one more. Yeah. Instead of like yeah. what, 15, 16. That's, so that's just funny. how it works for me. That's just that's how it works so for funny. me. Yeah, no, I'm, I got, I'm the if same I got way. Eight, if I got eight, I got five and three. <clears throat> so like, what, about for camp? what about for camp? Like you have 21 days of fall camp. What do you do to break that down? Let's say you're on day eight and you're like, you have, you know, whatever the remainder is, you have that, that many days, like, how are you chunking down? You're on day 10 out of 21. How do you chunk down those last 11 days? What are you thinking? I would chunk it down. I always like take something that I can look forward to. Not that, not that I don't look forward to football. Guys, I, I really enjoyed the experience. I'm not trying to trash talk Ohio State by any means. No, it's just great experience. Purely trying to get, you know, <laughs> to try to be successful in camp. Um, Sundays were huge for me mentally because we are able to have a day off, whether that was a media day or, you know, we got to have and see family that for me was like, all right, Sunday was kind of like my reset. Like 
I would really, really be able to take some time for myself and be able to like swing back the, the, uh, you know, how much investment I have, you know, towards like calling friends and family. So that, that was huge for me. So what's different if it's a Monday, right. And yeah. I got, you know, five, six, seven, eight days before that next, you know, time we get, we get some time off. I'm breaking it down in like half a day. Like I'll go like, all right, you know, I got to get up, go get taped or even chunk Ooh. it. And like, I'll go like, get up, eat breakfast taped. And then my next one will be meetings. And then it'll be like, all right, then I have to do like, I break it up like really, really weird. I don't, I don't say like a day at a time because same, there's so same. many things that happen in a day that you have to chunk. I, I chunk it up more because it's like, you have to be so attentive and so focused. Otherwise you kind of get lost in like the yeah. day. Like yeah. Everybody says like, everyone says, but see, this is the thing. Everybody says like live in the moment and like, you know, be present in the moment. And that's like the most true thing ever, but it's really difficult to actually pull off because when you like, if you know you're at, you're at day 10 and you have 11 to go, like if you can't truly trick your mind that today is the only day that matters, then you're screwed. If in the back of your mind, you're intelligent. Most humans are intelligent. They're, they're sitting there and they're like, I can tell myself today is the only day that matters. But I know damn well I have 10 more of these to go. So I'm, I'm actually, I do something. If it's, if, you know, let's just take the fall camp as an example. I think we, we probably have a similar tactic where inside that day itself, I'm looking for, um, I almost think about it like I just have to survive this one hard thing and then that's back to the easy things. So it's like I just got to make it through. Uh, the hardest part of the day is this practice. If I can just break that practice down, all I got to do is, you know, these five periods and then then it's easier. So I'm like, in reality, it's not these crazy days that I have to do. It's just this actually this one really hard part that everyone's kind of not looking forward to. Um, and if you can just get through that one area, then you're like, oh, you know, I'm good. I made it through this area. You can kind of take the rest with, you know, a grain of salt and just go through your day. But like for a hundred miler, it's, it's almost the same way because you go through those crazy ups and downs. So when you're at mile 33, you can't be thinking, I have 70, you know, I have 67 to go. You have to be thinking, I just have three miles left till this next aid station. If I can survive till then, I'll figure it out. And then once you get there, everything resets. It's like those last 33 miles that you just did, they no longer exist. You're starting 100% fresh from scratch. And if you need to draw on those 30 miles to be, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, great. But I, I honestly don't even like to think about them. I pretend like I'm starting from scratch and I have this energy, this amount of stuff. This is like, I'm starting fresh and I just have to get another five miles to get that next aid station. And then we're starting fresh from there. And that's like, I chunk it down into those mini wins because I know like if I can hit that small area of, uh, just that little break, that little break in the, the grind, if you will, then I'm like, Oh, I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm still alive. You know, I'm fully fresh, you know, I can go again. <laughs> so like I remember distinctly thinking at mile, um, literally at, I think it was at mile like 29. I remember thinking like, Oh my God, there's no way we're going to be able to do 70 more of these. Cause I was toasted at mile 29 and yeah, I mean, 
talk, I mean, yeah, talk I, about your, your experience with, with the, uh, the hundred miler. Cause, cause Nick and I ran this together. So yeah. And run shout us through your too. Derek ran and with Derek. us. Shout out Derek. Um, yeah, I, I view it. I mean, granted it definitely helps when you're going through it with other people, I would say. So like, you know, you're going through it in fall camp, you have other people to draw on, you have other people going through it. You know, you guys are all fighting towards the same cause. And so you can kind of draw energy from other people. And that's what I would attribute, um, you know, like how we did is we were able to draw on each other. If you told me to go out and, and do the, the, the physical and mental tasks of fall camp or go do the, you know, the hundred mile on my own, the, I mean, I just have an appreciation and respect for the sport of people that, that can do that because it is unbelievable what you have to put yourself to. Yeah. With that being said, I would yeah. say like the first 10, 15 miles, I think it was like, we, I, I had, it's almost like we didn't know what we didn't know. We had no idea. Yeah. Like it was so <laughs> foreign. It was so new. And the fact that, you know, Clay and I, had played football in the past and had experience of football. We know that like fall camp is usually the hardest. So we were kind of wired with the idea that this is going to be really tough. Like granted, we didn't know the scale. We didn't yeah. know exactly what we were going to do. We just knew that it was going to be hard with a hundred mile. It's like, okay, yeah, that's that obviously that seems insane. That seems crazy. That is definitely difficult, but you just don't know. You like don't you have really no know. idea. You don't really yeah. know until you and do you can it, never, yeah. And you can never, ever, experience it any other way than actually doing it yeah, because you don't know how you're gonna react when your body actually is fully broken at mile 81 you know like what does that really feel like you can always think like i've i've had hard workouts but you don't really know until it's broken like what you're yeah, gonna do exactly and so it's so funny that you know and clay touched on this it was you know he wasn't feeling too hot at 29 and but then he felt, but then him and Derek were feeling amazing at like 44. And I remember I'm like, my feet literally feel like, like I could feel every rock like hitting in through my shoe. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I'm just thinking like so right, you know, right, left, right, left when I'm just running. Cause that's what I had to put myself in. I had to literally break it down to the actual steps to take my mind off of you know, everything else is going on. Like, yeah, you could have had people running in the woods, like gorilla costumes like all this stuff. Like I had to be so fixated on it's, it's something as simple as just movement, but then it's like, it swings around. So it does, it is weird. And we all experience it at different times. So it's, it's a crazy experience. Um, in many, many different ways. So but, uh, I, I guess like, to give them to give them some background on it, you know. Yeah. Again, like I like I had said, Nick and I were not runners. We picked it up to to challenge ourselves. We actually wanted to do an Ironman. Ended up running, um, you know, a half marathon, and then we were like, "All right, let's try to run a full marathon." So we went from like no running. We did like seven miles. Then we did like a half marathon within the span of like a week, and then we hit a full marathon. No stops was the challenge, which was extremely difficult, actually. Um, just due to our like inexperience in running. Um, so we hit that full marathon and I want to say that was like maybe, I don't know, weaker, a couple weeks into running. And then directly after we had finished that marathon, a month and a half later was the hundred miler. So we had signed up for it right after that marathon. 
jumped into this hundred miler and um, man, we just had no clue what to expect. And what Nick was touching on is the amount of ups and downs that you have when you're going through that. Uh, Cause Nick and I have, have had these discussions about like, what's the hardest physical thing we've done. And without a doubt, I think it just, and in one sitting in one setting, it's, it's by all means the hundred miler. And it's that those weird periods were like at mile 29 I'm dying Nick feels great the whole first 30 miles so I'm sitting there watching Nick and I'm like well I guess he's just gonna crush this thing and then I'm just gonna be you know completely destroyed and um Derek you know our other friend that was running with me he was also dying the same time I was and so we're both sitting there thinking like you know Nick's just kind of dragging we're like weighing him down he's just dragging us along and uh I was even limping at that point. And then this guy on the trail found me and was like, offered me ibuprofen. And I, I don't even think I took it at that point. Cause I was like, oh, you know, I'm fine. Um, I'm limping at 29. And then it's so weird because then, you know, eight miles or 10 miles later, all of a sudden the tables turn, I'm feeling good again. And Nick is all of a sudden dying and his feet are really hurting. And so everybody goes through their, their moments and, Nick, what, what was like the thing during your down moments that, that you consistently went back to to try to pull you through those tougher, tougher times? It bounces around a ton for me. It bounces around a lot. Um, I would say family for me is probably the one that like always hits home. Like, I, I mean, I think it was too just like, we had family we, there. We yeah. had a videographer. We I had give you, both of you guys. Like, like, how bad does that look if I came out there? And granted, I'm not discrediting anyone that goes out there and tries something. You know, I just didn't want to go out there and like, you know, put up Bail. a goose egg per se. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. it's it, it's kind of like a ballsy move to sign up for something, and you know, and like. I was like doubting. I'm like, I, I have no idea if Same. I'm going to be able to do this, but it's like, you kind of have to back it up. Signing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you have do. to back that up now. So how many people signed up with our group that didn't show up? Tell them that, that little fun fact. How many? I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but we had like a group, maybe it was like, it was between like eight to 10. I want to say. Oh, our group, our group. I thought you were talking our about group. the entire no, no, no. I'm like, no, our, pull that we, we had a group and we had a group chat even. Oh, um, all these gosh, people were so interested. We're so interested in running 100 miles. And, you know, we, we kind of had caused this spur of, actually, my friend, uh, he's the one that showed us the race. And then we just signed up and they're like, oh, you guys are crazy. You guys aren't even like runners. And, uh, and then, you know, all these people, signed you know or you at least said they were going to do the race and um just because they were out. people that have done these ultra marathons so we were going to like learn from them yeah. they were going to like take us under the wing mentor us like show us the ropes like hey this is how you kind of you know all backed out and manage it yeah man everyone backed out except for the three people that were not runners which is me Derek and Nick and so we show up there and oh my gosh like the, and to be honest, Nick, the hardest part for me was the sleep, sleep deprivation. By far, that was the hardest part for me. I'm not I like, that. I remember that. like, so, so Derek and I, uh, we were meeting Nick down at the, the, 
we're meeting you down at those campgrounds and we're trying to, uh, we're just procrastinating the entire process of whatever we were supposed to be doing. So Derek and I, the race is on Saturday. It starts Saturday at 4 a.m., right? I think it was like 4.30 a.m. Yeah, Yeah, so it starts Saturday at 4.30 a.m. And I wake up, you know, I don't know, probably 9 o'clock on Friday um, trying to get some sleep in. And then Derek and I go and buy all the equipment that we need. We didn't even have the right equipment. We were just – we went to REI. We asked this guy there who had run the races to just give us everything we needed for 100 miles. And thank God, uh, shout out to Sam. He he helped us out there and uh, showed us everything we needed. So anyway – we get all our equipment, we show up to Nick's and we haven't planned out our diet. We haven't planned out our strategy much. Like we are so behind and we ended up going to bed at, it was like midnight or 1230. And, yeah. and we had to wake up at, I want to say two, two or two 30 to let in our videographer that we'd hired, uh, you know, to follow us for this, this race, um, and document our journey. So, uh, yeah, man, we had literally my whoop. I wear this whoop strap. It calculates my, you know, strain and my sleep and stuff. I had slept for one hour in like 19 minutes <laughs> for the night before this, this race starts at 4 a.m. And it goes till 10 a.m. that next Sunday. So it's, it was over 30 hours of, of physical activity. And in order to do it, I had one hour of sleep that night before. Like it was just I mean, didn't that affect you? Because you you fell asleep maybe what thirty minutes before me. Yeah, I. <laughs> it definitely affected me for sure. Like looking back, hindsight, we're I'm I'm personally not bragging about it. It's not one of the smartest things that we did, kind of prepping for an event like that. But no, you um, not get. It was a terrible idea. What? Yeah, the we're not, we're not part like showboating. Like, oh yeah, off of one. No, like. Do no, not, it, was do that. Awesome. it was, it was kind of like, it was a culmination of a lot of things though, because my parents got a campground close by to the start of the mm-hmm. race. So they had to sign up for, you know, they were like kind of scrambling to find somewhere um, in, in close proximity so they could come back to the RV, get, you know, stuff that was in the refrigerators, you know, bring food out. So they were able to, ha- they ended up finding that like last minute on like Thursday um, and, you know, they had to work and stuff too. So they were, they dropped everything that evening and drove up there. They had to get set up and they made dinner. And, and so by the time all of that kind of happened, it was already about eight, nine o'clock. And then we were prepping our bags for about an hour or so because Clay and Derek had to drive up from Columbus. And so it was like one of those things where it was a lot of different things that, you know, I, it's like we were able to put it together last minute, but yeah it definitely impacted your sleep yeah when we were running through the night the second night um i just kept getting so many we were we were all hitting the getting those hallucinations and i just the the hardest part was just staying awake to keep moving like i there were so many times i'd fall over or i'd start to fall over derek would fall over um just off sleep deprivation alone so that, that was the most difficult thing for me but there was there were so many moments where, you know, you would take the lead and you'd pull us along or Derek would take the lead and he'd pull us along. And we'd all just like have these weird moments where we would switch off. Like who is the person that's going to be guiding us and who's going to pull us through this? Because we didn't have a, um, a pacer, which is usually like a person who is like 
fully awake and they're kind of guiding you through and like setting the pace. Uh, we just had the three of us as you know, a group and we figured that would be fine. Um, it would have been probably a little bit more helpful to have a pacer, but I don't think it would have really changed all that much for us. Um, but we did, you know, run off trail a few times. How do you deal with those situations where, things aren't going ideal and you know it's too late like you're too far into the challenge to to look back now what do you do when you're in that really low point and you've come too far to give up quite literally i I don't know i I guess i kind of just i don't blank out but i like remove myself and it's almost just like a fixation and a focus on the task like it's not like it's not like fixating on the race it's not I have to complete so many more miles it's not it's like literally focusing on the things that I can control and that I can do that lead to the result but I'm not thinking about the result it's like when I'm running it's like I'm literally like all right I'm being mindful of the steps that I'm taking I'm staying on track I'm keeping my eyes up I'm watching the course like I'm not focused on the mile or how many more miles we have. It's good to know at certain points, I would definitely say that I would, I was curious of where we were several times, but I would definitely say I, you know, when it's really starting to get hard and it's really starting to get tough, it's almost being locked in to the controllables. Yeah. And that's it. That is literally it. Because as soon as you start focusing on things you can't control, then it's almost like a snowball effect to where since you're not focusing on those things, then you start getting those thoughts that creep in, you know, like, or, or maybe you're paying more attention to the pain that you're going through. Yeah. And then it just spirals because then you're focusing on, Oh shoot. You know, like maybe I wasn't doing my nutrition or maybe I wasn't eating anything. So I'm cramping. So now I'm cramping. Now I'm in more pain. And now it's like, you just get filled with these negative thoughts Mm. of, now I have 15 more miles until my aid station. How am I going to do this? Oh my gosh. And then it's like, yeah, that's it. Like that's so hard to get out of at that point. And I try not to get to that point. Like there's times where it's difficult, but it's just difficult because of duration intensity and, and what you're doing. It's not necessarily like you pigeonholing or, or not pigeonholing, maybe digging yourself a hole. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, that just, it's the same process almost of that chunking it down method. And like, you know, that's been talked about so many times, but I don't think um, many people articulate how much you have to chunk it down. Like when we were in you know, in the middle of the night and we're looking at our pace, we're like, we're not going to make this on time. We're, we're literally, we don't even care anymore. We were just sitting there. I remember at, you know, mile 76, looking at the thing, like we have to make it, you know, three more miles to get to the next aid station. Let's just make it there. And then the way we would make it there was run from this tree to that next tree. And then we can walk again. And then we would look at each other and be like, we have to run to this next tree and then we can walk again. And, you know, it wasn't even breaking it down one mile at a time. It was this next tree. Let's just try to make it to this next tree. And we that would was like maybe kill 25 ourselves. yards away, 25 yards away, maybe killing, yeah, our, like, killing ourselves to get there. Yeah. And you had to bring it like, 
Yeah, like bring that energy there, to get know, that 25 like, yards. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like, all right, guys, like, you know, you got 10 sprints, you know, and you're like, all right, yeah, one more, I'm feeling it. It's like you had to muster it up and you're like, I don't know if I can do another one. You're like, okay. I don't think I can do another one. And well, let's just get to the next, <sighs> the next tree. Yeah, you're like going through using the trekking poles like, oh, yeah. it's – but that's when you were, you know, you kind of tap into to the energy of the other other people. And I, I think the, the, the comedic aspect or just being able to have a sense of humor yeah. and make the moments lighthearted, for me, that's a huge thing. Like a lot of people, yeah. you know, have the rah, rah, juice energy. A lot of people talk about that, you know, the motivation that you draw upon, you know, during any difficult event in your life but it's almost like your outlook in not only being positive in the pursuit of your goal but being able to be like happy and you mm-hmm. know make jokes yeah. even during the hardest things you're yeah. doing i think for me it's like if you can make Maniacally jokes when stuff laughing. is going yeah in, in the right context too you know like there's definitely a time and place but yeah. I think it's so funny when you're like, you know, you're sitting there and you're like laughing and, and my parents are asking, how are you feeling? And you're like, I feel great. And you're like, but really I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like those things where you're kind of covering it up and you're almost tricking your mind. And it's, it's all, it's it all goes back to that game. Yeah. Someone said, what, how do you define mental toughness recently? Somebody asked me that I, I put a, a post on my LinkedIn about it. Cause you know, the three of us, me, you and Derek, we always had that, we have that inside joke where we're all like, we do that super maniacal, like Dr. Evil type laugh whenever we're doing something hard. So I said like, the best way to describe mental toughness is uh, maniacally laughing when you're doing something difficult. Like it's a sarcastic, like evil laugh that it's like, it's just like that feeling of like, you're not taking it that seriously. And you know, like for a fact, you're going to get it done regardless. Like you don't care if it's going to be hard or painful. You're going to laugh at it instead. Like you're going to think it's funny while you're doing it now. But there's, there's something, so that works really well for us. Like me, you and Derek. Um, But there's also something super powerful about, um, and I think this is why people complain a lot. There's something really powerful about suffering together. Like, me, you, and Derek being in the woods, suffering together, like taking a dump in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, being in just the most amount of pain ever. And, you know, Derek's like trying to grab me and pull me up while I'm trying to take a dump in the middle of this trail. (laughs) Um, There's something like that is, yeah, yeah, Derek didn't even let me wipe in the middle of the woods. I had to run the last, you know, I don't even know, 15 miles. It's just bad situation. But anyway, um, there's something about suffering as a group that almost makes it like, that's that brotherhood feeling that you get from football too. So that suffering as a group, sometimes the not funny stuff. And when it does get really hard, it almost makes you feel like you're closer to those guys you're with and you're helping pull them along, but it can turn toxic really quickly. So it's okay to have that suffering feeling and know that you guys are going through something together, but you got to be able to turn the switch again and then pull it back into that, you know, that lighthearted stage. Because if you go too far down the suffering route, we end up getting pissy with each other. Like we, you know, 
which right. is bound to happen. Like you can't control your emotions that well when you have no sleep and you yeah. have been running for God knows how long. Um, but how do you, how do you think that plays into it? Because we had a dynamic of the three of us where you're feeling good when I'm feeling bad, I'm feeling good when you're feeling bad and Derek's feeling good when we're both feeling bad. So it's like this weird thing of, uh, you know, wanting to push each other and pull each other along. But at the same time, it's so hard to do that when people aren't in this, you know, you don't know how their body feels, you know, you know, you've ran the same amount as them, but you don't know like what injury they're going through. How do you, how do you deal with, uh, the emotional aspect from like arguments, like between me, you and Derek as we're going through it. Cause it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like there's moments where we're yeah. all pissy at each other. Right. And that's just part of the, the nature of the, you know, what we were doing. I think it comes back to, to just being aware and then kind of like tapping into myself and, and focusing on the task. Cause like for me, it really is a reset. It's not only a reset for, you know, chunking down a race, but it's also almost like, once I focus back on what I should be focusing, it's like, all right, that stuff doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Or, or, Hey, we need to really focus on this. And, and, and you guys did a really good job of that too, to where, you know, maybe I'm starting to creep in. I'm like, and I might make up a comment or you guys might ask me how I'm doing. And I might say something that yeah, you know up. that if you guys don't nip it in the butt, then yeah. I'm just going to keep kind of going through it. So, you know, for me, you know, and having that, that brotherhood or, you know, the group of people that you suffer with, it's like, first off, have the right group of people. That's a whole nother <laughs> topic of conversation, but yeah, at if the you same can time, pick, choose wisely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I would say it's, it's almost like being aware and, and being to just snap and be like, okay, okay. I got to reset, reset, reset. Now you're going to go down a bunch of different avenues while you're going, but you just have to take that split second to just get back on track. You know, you might veer, but you just can't go all the way left yeah. or all the way right. It's, it's, it's going to be like this little windy path up down side to side, but it just can't absolutely derail you. And yeah. Like, yeah. So, well, so if I'm, I'm like, as an example, um, you know, we're running, we're at, mile 68 and you guys are pulling ahead and I'm, you know, being pissy about something, something's happening in my foot and I'm, I'm lagging behind. What do you, what, what is going through your head and the, and the aspects of, okay, I know he's really annoyed right now and I'm feeling okay right now. How can I, you know, correct this, you know, recorrect our course to get him back on the right track mentally or are you thinking i just gotta let him have his time and then i gotta focus on me and then we'll both merge back together because like you said you know first and foremost pick the right group of people to be around but a lot of people in like football teams or leadership or work most teams that you're on you didn't pick the team so luckily for us we picked the right people because we, we knew our team and we knew the squad that we wanted but from a perspective of people that maybe you know, replace me with someone that maybe you wouldn't like as much. How do you go about handling the situation when people are arguing in this really uh, suffering, tough, gritty situation where we're trying to accomplish a goal? Yeah, I, I, I know that we talked about this before because I know at least Derek brought it up because mm. he's like, guys, if I don't talk, yeah, or like if I like lash out at you, like 
one, don't take it personal. And two, like yeah. I don't get motivated by you yelling in my ear, you know, telling me, come on, Derek, go, go, go yeah. faster, you know, go harder. Like that's not how we operate. So I think like for me, at least setting the expectations, because obviously I didn't go through this with you guys before ever in my life. So just kind of having some sort of idea of what either a motivates you, what helps you. And so by knowing you guys and, and what works overall the overarching thing for you guys and and it, i think me as well is was just seeing that it can be done or seeing that you can go further because the person next to you is going further and going through it so it's almost just like that affirmation and and that realization that you're like okay well if they can do it then i can do it and that's what will be like getting you further and so i was almost like trying to lead by example or yeah. just basically not motivating you by telling you not to worry about what you're probably worrying about or be like, come on, don't think about your, your foot or come on, don't, you know, stop hurting. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like saying work harder. Like that's not tangible. So I'd be like, all right guys, hydrate, you know, or all right yeah. guys, form check. Like when mm -hmm. you're running, like making sure you're hitting the correct steps and, and, you know, using your arms. So it was almost like, giving little interjections like sound bites stuff that we learned at Ohio state, like just quick pieces of information that you can just keep recalling and keep counting on. But they just, it's like, it pulls you out. It pulls you out. Yeah. You're like, all right. All right. I got to hydrate. I got to hydrate. So that was for me, it was just kind of like understanding that, that someone was going through it and then giving them tangible things to focus on. Yeah. Redirecting that, their focus. Redirecting yeah. instead of like, come on, like you can do it. It's Cause then it just, I feel like yeah, that just, yeah. Don't argue me. with them, you know? Yeah. Cause like one, I'm not going to, they're going to drag you. you into the negativity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That and you're I'm just not pulling them, them out of pissed. it. Yeah. yeah I'm just piss them off more. Yeah. Like, especially like, in, I think it's, I think you nailed it with the very first thing you said and it's, it all comes back to self-awareness and the best time to address you know, what, how, you know, what we're going to act like and how we should treat each other when we're in the worst scenario is when we're in our camper and we're in the better scenario when we can say, Hey guys, by the way, you know, we haven't run a hundred miles together before. I don't do well with, you know, people yelling at me about this and that. Like I trust me, we're all grown men. We all know how to, you know, handle our, ourselves and our business. Um, so D Derek was a great example. I had yelled at Derek at one point because he was taking forever at this one aid station and you were destroying both of us. So I'm trying to catch up to you and I'm in like kind of in this in between where I'm like, Derek, come on. And he's like, I'm trying to fill up my water because he's like, he's messy. He's like, can't get his water figured out. And you're waiting on me, like trying to pull me along. And so I'm like yelling across the street and he comes up to me, but this is the, the, the good thing about, uh, you know, Derek and I's relationship, he's like, Hey man, stop yelling. <laughs> like it's such an open line of communication between the two of us because, you know, we have gone through some stuff together. We've gone on runs together. So between me and him, it's so easy to just be open and honest. Like, Hey, this isn't helping me. Like you yelling is not helping me. And, 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 why, and, and the thing that, that I come back to, it's like, you know, and it might be in retrospect more so, but why would you want to try to figure out how you cope and how you respond and how you're motivated in the in hardest time? Hardest time. Like yeah. trying to figure out how someone else can motivate you in the hardest time. And I guess it's like, you know, 
it depends, I guess, you know, what you're going through and, and who you're with and your, your comfortability with them and your relationship. But it's almost like, why not kind of draw the line or give expectations? Yeah. And I mean, so then you're in the, in the heat of it. At least you have something to recall on. Otherwise it's just. So to, you know. to be a good leader, you have to know all of the people that you're, you're working with. Like being a good leader for us, all three of us were leading. Like we were all leaders at different points in time. So in right. order to be a good leader, we had to just know, okay, how is Nick, how does Nick react? How does Derek react? The best way to do that is obviously going through stuff together, but on top of it, it's, um, yeah, figuring out beforehand what works for that person, because it's the same in football. Like some people do terrible when the coaches just sit there and scream at them. And some of them do, you know, could do 10 times better if the coach is sitting there breathing their breathing down their neck. So it's this weird dynamic of different people, different stuff work for different people. But I almost feel like when we're, when we're in that hundred miler, uh, phase and, you know, all of us have those heated emotions and we're like, you know, I'm going through something and the, you know, you, you kind of think, you know, this person doesn't understand what I'm going through because I have this, you know, pain in my body right now. I have this blister, you know, he is, it could be anything at work. You know, this person doesn't understand me. And by that other, by that person trying to be the leader right then, trying to tell you to, Hey, just feel better. Just be like me. It makes you even more pissed off. You're like, well, I wish I could just be like you. (laughs) I wish I could just be in your scenario right now. Um, So I think, yeah, like you said, number one, best thing you could do is first of all, know your guys before you go into that negative situation and how to handle them. And then number two, understand that these are going to come up. If you think you're going to go through without these situations, then I mean, you're just dreaming because these, these emotional moments, and this is with any time you're suffering. These are these types of emotions and these situations will pop up. And then lastly, it's just like you were talking about, it's redirecting the person's focus in a way that's going to help the whole group. So that, you know, maybe that one person is naturally a complainer and you're naturally the kind of guy that's like, I'm not going to give my pain a voice. I'm just going to be positive the whole time. That person's going to get really pissed off when you're just spewing positivity and you're going to get really pissed off when they're just spewing, you know, complaints. And so understanding, maybe the both of you guys are both extremely mentally tough. You're both going to hit that goal, but understanding each person's style and knowing how to redirect the focus away from these emotionally charged situations and, and being able to say like, Hey, let's just focus on, you know, hydrating right now. Let's focus on our steps. Let's focus on this. Redirecting people's attention is really important into, you know, controlling their emotions. And I think we all we all kept doing that to each other, like unconsciously or subconsciously. I mean, uh, we were not knocked out subconsciously. We were, um, we were running <laughs> almost, on the trail and, and like, you know, Nick would be, uh, there was one point where Nick, you tore right. We're like running and I just look over and Nick's like falling over. His shoe is blown out. He, he tore through his entire shoe. He's just running like, with his foot yeah, Hoka, hanging Hoka out of the shoe. Owes me a new pair of Bondies, man. Yeah. That was, it, it was like, say for instance, here's my shoe, like the lateral side of it. It was from like basically my big toe all the way around the rim on the upper, upper sole or upper part of the, uh, the shoe. And it wrapped all the way around to the heel. And so like, if I just at all had any sort of movement and we're going on trails 
It's true. Like, I would get you. so mad too. I remember being so pissed I because I'd be <laughs> like rolling my ankle like every time I'm like, dang yeah. it. And then the baby, other part baby. was I had these trekking poles that were like, that weren't metal, they were plastic. And I, I remember like I had to physically get myself out of this. Like, guys, I actually struggled with this. My trekking poles kept going in. Like they wouldn't keep their fixated length. So when I was pushing down, I was pushing down and they were collapsing. And so I wasn't getting any propulsion or any support with the trekking poles. And I would get so pissed because then I had to pull them. I'm like, we're still kind of trekking and jogging. And I'm like trying to pull them out. It's like dark, two in the morning, I'm tired. You know, like, I'm like, ah. But exactly, but I needed to call on you guys. Yeah, this is so. This because is if when, you just said, "Hey, Nick, don't worry about the shoe," I would have said, "What?" I yeah, <laughs> and, and and like, what? What good is that going to do any of us? Obviously, that's going to make you think more about the shoe. Instead, I would just stand next to you, and I was like, "Hey, maybe, you know, have some of my water, or you know, do this, or do that, like you know, different things to refocus our attention." Hey, we're we're you know we're coming up on the next aid station in a mile. You know, so we're this might be a, this might be a transition, but it, it just popped in my head. Kind of going back on the football side, or maybe comparing the two. For me, I had, I guess, like a level of anxiousness or like fear oh, of yeah. doing wrong. Like it's it, and I guess it, it might not compare completely, but with the one hundred miler the expectation of you is very clear. Yeah. Right. Like it's to finish. You had to run a hundred miles. When you go into maybe, you know, sports and you're trying to navigate, you know, whether, you know, whether it's sports or jobs or you might not always know the expectation of you, or maybe like, you know, like walking on, you get on the team, you're not really sure of the atmosphere. You're not sure. Like, how to really function in this hierarchy of a system. So it almost yeah. instills this like kind of panic. Well, like you don't want to be late. It's anxiety. To... So, it's yeah. Like, so like, but I, hold on it. Cause I think, okay. I think I'm, I'm on the same page as you, but I think, okay. I don't think it's about the expectation. I think it's okay. about performance. And I think yes. when you're running a okay. hundred miles, it's, it's just effort. It's just, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's, yes. you know, there's a couple things, but predominantly the hundred miler is a test of willpower and effort. Like, can you give enough effort and all you have to do, there's no perform, like for us, we weren't trying to win it. So there was no performance aspect to it where it was like this yeah. grandiose performance. We could just give as much effort as we want and get the result we wanted versus in football, you could give as much effort as you could possibly ever give and be a total failure. And that right. is what's scary about football. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That because you you hit the nail on the head perfectly because I knew exactly what you're talking about because I I knew I because that's the the best way to describe the difference between the two. Because but but then again that I give the edge to football on that Same. like instilling 100%. like a you know not that my heart would be beating a Pressure. little bit faster each day but it's almost like you have to be there at a certain time and you have to it's like you have more like check off things to do, you know, more people, like you got to make, you got to make weight. You got to be in the building at a certain time. You have to make good grades. You have to go to study tables. You have to be at practice. You have to perform well. You have to do your assignment, do your it's job. It's other like, people counting on you. It's 
there were there were other people's expectations of you to perform and if you didn't perform under those expectations of you know and this can be anywhere from showing up on time to the weight room and your coach yelling at you or you're in the crowd of a hundred thousand people and you just you know dropped a wide open touchdown or something like that so the expectation is so great with all these eyeballs and all these other people on you that that pressure to perform is so high versus for the hundred miler. It almost was like the, the nicest relief I've had in a while where it was like, Hey, who cares what this is between you and you. And you know, while we had our families there and we wanted to do well, um, this is between you and you and how much effort you can give. If you give all your effort, you know, I mean, you can't really fail. Like, I mean, you can fail, obviously you can drop out. There's a lot of ways you can fail, but if you give the hundred percent effort, um, the results typically, you know, the correlation is the direct. It's yeah, like, it's going to go in your it's favor. Like effort and performance. Boom. Yeah. Like you're going like, yeah, that's no, not I, the case in sports though. Not the no. case in football. Um, because and, the and performance even is in ultra on, running on a high yeah. level. It wouldn't be like that, but right. Right. But for us just trying to finish a hundred mile race, it was just effort based, which was nice. Yeah. But I, I still, to that point though, you're right. I would give the edge that football's harder in that respect. There's way more expectation on you and there's no way to deal with that because you don't know if you're going to perform well, like you can practice all you want. You can give 120% effort. You can give hundred percent effort in the weight room. You do everything right. Like we did. I mean, we, we literally did everything we could do as well as we could do it when we were on walk-ons on the team. Um, But that doesn't mean we're NFL players. That doesn't mean we're Heisman. That doesn't mean we even, you know, we start or we, we did everything we could do and we're not the best and we're not getting the, the result that we had, you know, so hoped that we got. So this, this is going to be a loaded question. This is, this is the one that, that I get, here and there and and i just preface this with like the things that clay and i have done it's we want to show other people that they can max out their potential and whatever it is it doesn't have to be sports doesn't have to be ultra marathons it's just proving to yourself that you have more within and that you can do it so these things that we do we're not trying to go out there and be like haha <laughs> look at us or or look at what we can do and, and give the credit to us it's like we're just exploring everything the human body can do and we're fascinated by that so my question is is what do you say or what do you uh what are your words of encouragement for people that say oh oh but oh, that's just clay like clay can just do those things or oh nick Nick, you know, oh yeah, Nick can just do that. Cause I don't know if you've ever gotten that before, but I've gotten it once or twice and I'm not saying it because, you know, or, or like a reason to brag, but like, you know, I'm very much of like wanting what's best for yeah. everyone. And I'm like, I want to push you guys. Like, you know, I, I want you guys to do the very best, but sometimes I, you know, you get a little bit of pushback Yeah. because was- some people are like, well, no, I can't do that. Yeah because I'm not you. And it's yeah. like almost like you being like this ether in the world. Like you have no idea. Like, it's just like this, I don't know. I, like yeah. Kind of, trust me, I, I wish, I wish we were on, uh, or I was on that level of, uh, and, and honestly, to, to be totally honest, I think 
from just a physical specimen level, you're on that, you're on a different level than I'm on in terms of like, I mean, like no, strength but- and stuff. Like, dude, you're on a different level than a lot of humans, but, but no, but seriously, to your but question, like, yeah, it's the I same was like, question think for- about it though. Like just in general, cause I'm, I'm just talking to the people that. No, no, trust me. I, I know your yeah. question. I know your question, yeah. but you. th- it's the same thing with that people say about David Goggins. It's the same thing that people, right. uh, that anybody exactly. says about anybody that does anything hard, but here's, here's the thing. Here's my answer to it. I guess there's, there is a difference between people's genetic potential. There's a difference between the gifts that people have, what they decide to pursue, how much energy they put into certain things and what they are capable of. Maybe people are capable of different things, but the one factor that you can control and the only thing that you can control is your effort. Like we talked about if during the hundred miles, you gave a hundred percent effort and you fall over and there's no, you can't even crawl another inch. Then you've given everything you had and, and maybe you got 60 miles. You should be happy because you reached the boundaries of what your potential is. Even for you and I, we did not make it to the NFL. We walked on out of the blue. We, you know, we didn't have a scholarship. We didn't do this, this, and this. We did the best we could to the best of our ability, which is why we're able to speak and not have any regrets about the things that we did. But that doesn't mean you always get the result. So for me, it goes back to the same thing of like, you know, the, the David Goggins situation. People think he's this insane superhero. And even me and you were talking about at the beginning of the thing, how does he have the time for that? That's insane. But then you think about it and he'll tell you his story. He was fat. He was overweight. He was just in the same scenario a lot of you people were, he just decided to start giving a hundred percent to everything he was doing. And, and I think the, the way you can make that switch in your life, if you are somebody who is in that bucket, who's sitting there like, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, it's easy for you to say, Nick, you're 235 pounds and, and are able to run hundred miles and bench press 225 30 times. You know, it's easy for you to say you're just, a, but you know, they don't know you've worked your ass off your entire life. They don't know all the work that you've put in. The, the thing I would tell those people is they're not far away because most people give eh, 80 to 90%. They give enough to be average. They give enough to get by in life. Some people do worse. Some people do a little bit better, but most people are that's just like five or 10% away of that extra amount of just truly giving everything they have from being, you know, right there at that, that point where they're really proud of themselves. They're really like, wow, I really gave all my effort because most people can get away in life. And they're like, they get away with 80%. And, you know, maybe they're pretty successful with 90%, 95%, but they've never truly been like, all right, what's it like if I go out on this run tomorrow and I really give a hundred percent, like I'm not thinking about tomorrow. There's, there's no such thing as I have my workout tomorrow. It's I'm given a hundred percent today and we'll see what happens the rest of my life. Like this is, this is the run I'm, I'm running 16 miles and no stops, no water as hard as I possibly can. We'll see what happens. Not that many people do that on a consistent basis. There's people like me and you who will do the hundred mile or push ourselves to the limit, but we're not as consistent as David Goggins is doing it. He's wringing that towel out every single day, 
or he's ringing that towel out at least five days a week or six, you know, we're doing it once, twice a month, you know, other people are doing it maybe once a year. And, and that difference is, that's what I'm talking about. It's effort versus the result. And I think that's where you'll never, you'll never get the optimal result every single time, but you can give the optimal effort every time. Exactly. I think like just adding on to that, you know, I would, I mean, effort is probably number one. I would say, I think it's very dangerous to get into the habit of comparing or, or thinking of like, of like an absolute in the sense of like my 100% is your 100%. Mm-hmm. Like my whatever is some people's 50%. Exactly. And vice versa. And so, you know, instead of saying like, or, you know, just framing it like, oh, well, they can do this, but I can't, you know, it's almost like, like you said, you're not that far away, one, because all you have to do is just put forth the effort. Like, that yeah. is it. Like, that, that is, like, I, I feel like that is the most difficult part. And what most sets people, people are apart. already putting 80% effort in, they're already right. doing, it's, they're already doing most of the stuff to, to have a successful day. They're just not doing mm. enough, those extra three things. And why not? Like, you're already going to go yeah. through it. <laughs> you're already like, in the why pain. Why not get more out of it? Like, why not get more out of it? And so I think it's really dangerous because people start to get that in, the, in that comparison. And I mean, we're even comparing it right now, but it's not necessarily an excuse to think about it in relative terms, but it's like, it's uh, different yeah. when he does that for a living. Well, compared so to, you know, it's, it's like, it's different. It's just like framing it in a way of, of not comparing your life circumstances in your 100% to theirs. You well, the difference, I, mean? not- I think the difference between the people that say like, you know, like me and you were saying, look at David Goggins. How is he doing these? Like, how does he have time for this? Yeah. We're saying that because it motivates us. There's a difference yes. between it motivating us to do more and us being the guy, well, it's easy for him to say, and then we don't do anything because we're discouraged from it. Totally yes. different scenarios. These are for the people that are discouraged by seeing other people being successful and they think I could never do that. When in reality, they really could do something crazy like that. They just have never given that level of effort consistently enough to see that type of result. And, and David Goggins is a great example just because think about him. I mean, I could even use myself from when I was in high school and like super weak or like, you know, not performing well at football or whatever. But let's just take David Goggins when he said he was 300 pounds and he could barely run, I think it was like half a mile or a mile. He would run that half mile or mile and then he would have to stop and he would go home. And then the next day he would run a mile and he would have to stop and go home. At that point in his life, that was 100%. He had started taking the steps and 100% for him is a mile. But now look at him in his life, 100% for him is 200 miles every two weeks, you know, a 200 mile run every two weeks that the bar changes as you start putting in the effort. So there are times in your life, like Nick, you, I'm sure you're, uh, you go through this too. I'm sure we all do is, um, we were just talking about it before we even hopped on is like, there's some days where you're holding the line or you're, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent effort day. It was, you know, I did my workout. Yeah, sure. I, you know, did a, did my meditation or, you know, I did a little bit of work, whatever you had to do to get the day done, but you didn't 
push and, you know, grind it out on and give everything you had that day. Like that there's, there are those days too, but I think a lot of people haven't even experienced what it's like to really know like, Oh my God, I really gave a hundred percent effort there. Exactly. And, and I think there's an important distinction to be made with that because people think giving 100% is always physical based. Like they think it's only workouts or it's yeah. only a 200 mile. It's like, there's it's a sliding scale because yes you might not be feeling too hot you know but you still have to give 100 that day to your significant other or your yeah. family or your kid or your work or your job um because yeah how do you balance I, that is doing 100 percent in your workout take away from 100 percent at work because it does for me <laughs> sometimes yeah I, I i don't that's a tough one that's a tough one. Like, how do you uh -huh. juggle the effort? Because, so here, here's my question, because it, I actually struggle with this. If I go out and I'm, and I, it's a Tuesday, Tuesdays are my hardest day, days usually, uh, or Sundays maybe. Tuesdays, I have, you know, four hour jujitsu and rolling and all this stuff. I have a run, I have a leg workout. Let's just say I have three workouts or I'm doing something crazy. Like for some reason, I just have all these things on this one day my work is going to suffer same way our, we did our hundred miler. We did a hundred percent effort for a hundred miler. I suffered in, in the work realm for a few days because of that, because I, I couldn't give my mental capacity was, was so taxed. Is it that I gave a hundred percent effort to that, that workout now my hundred percent to work that day is just, it's a smaller thing or how do you juggle the two? I, I view it as probably the latter being like a, like a sliding scale to where okay. let's say, you know, people put, you know, the pie chart, right. You know, let's yeah. just say just for simple purposes, it's like 50% work, 50% physical activity. Granted, it's not always like that, but let's just say that's, that's the norm, right? Okay. You might yep. have days that are 60, 40 or 70, 30 or you know, whatever that might be in one direction or the other, it's going back to having the awareness of not staying in that lopsided mm -hmm. or one-sided approach. It's being able to, to know when to swing it back or let's say Tuesday's your hard day. So you're, you're still giving your effort, maybe not for the same duration, your, your workout might take up more time in that day. You're still giving right. all your effort in that short amount of time. So it's like, all right, I'm going and doing these workouts. You know, I'm doing my, my run, jujitsu, leg workout. You're giving hundred percent, but you're also, you also know and are framing it as I'm going to give hundred percent to the maybe four hours that I'm working today. Compared, you know, compared to the next day on Wednesday, when you go in and you know that you have a longer work day, you just have a longer duration attached to it. You're still mm. giving the 100%. Yeah, so it's almost like your durations might change, but, the but your stay. intent, your intent is still with that. So it's yeah. it's not necessarily viewing, you know, there's things that might take up more time in your day. Granted there's balance in that as well, but it's almost like you have to slide it around. You yeah. can't keep it all on one, you know, foot on the gas on work because then you're neglecting maybe family life or maybe your, you know, health and well-being. 
So it's almost like being able to navigate the schedule. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause, cause there are, I don't time, think there's but... sacrifice. I, I think there's, I think there's a give and take. Yeah. But the intent is always the underlying thing. Like it's mm. always there. Like that workout, that jujitsu session, like you're, I mean, I think showing you're trying up, to give a it's the effort. It's the effort. Yeah, yeah. It's like some people think like, you know, not you the performance going in there the and effort. just like, yeah, like it's not you dying in a workout, meaning you gave a hundred percent. It's what is asked of you that day. You gave it, you gave it what you had, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And some days like, you have more than others. Like some days yes. you have more to give than others. Yes, correct. But it's, yeah, it's all relative. It's all relative. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so you just, but here's, here's the thing. So some, now the problem with saying some days you have more to give than others is the, the problem a lot of these people are in is they're in that, well, you know, maybe I just don't have that much to give. And th- there's, uh, there are days where you do need to test yourself too. And so you do need to have, to have that day, try that hundred miler. So you know, Hey, this isn't my hundred percent effort. I, like to, I just told Nick right before I hopped on here yesterday for Thanksgiving. It's a day. It's a holiday. Everyone, you know, likes to chill out. Not a hundred percent day for me. And uh, today because of yesterday being lethargic and, you know, I did my workout or whatever, but, just work wise, just it wasn't a hundred percent day, and today wasn't a hundred percent day either. So I know that about myself, and I can now fix whatever is going wrong because I'm open and honest to say, look, you know, Nick and I have done this, this, and this in our lives. We've run a hundred miles, or we've uh, I worked really hard on this business project. Whatever it is, I know what working hard and giving a hundred percent is for me. So if I'm consistently falling below that line, then I know, I think so many people need that need to just break through for that one day or a couple days just to figure out what does it feel like to actually give the hundred percent effort. And, and I mean, how do you say to be something has to be something directed towards, um, or I guess it has to be based on something that they care about. Yeah. Because if oh, you yeah. don't have any personal attachment to it or you don't have any self-fulfillment to what you're doing, then why, I mean, it's like, why, go why would, why would you give a hundred percent? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just more energy you're wasting in your opinion. Exactly. And so it's, it's so easy to justify that because no, it, it's just like human nature. Why would you do something that's not going to, you know, benefit you, your favorite, whatever, to the nth degree that you would want, yeah. you know? So I, I think it's, um, the ultra runners are lucky, man. Cause they all want to know what they're made of. That's why they're doing it. They're doing it to yeah. figure out. I mean, for most of them, at least that's what it feels like. Whenever we talk to them out there, they're out there to figure out what am I made of? Like how, how far can I really go? So if that's not an interest for somebody at all, you really like, yeah, you got to find something, right? Like you gotta, you gotta find something that, that gets you going. It doesn't have to be your passion or your life's mission. Just think about what you're interested in and try to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Because I mean, you got to think about it too, right? Like there are just on the opposite side of the coin, like 
some people like their goal or view or mission is maybe art based or maybe um i don't know in literature or in scholarly journalism it's like that is their thing so that is their main focus and then it's like exercise or you know other things are on the side so there might be a hierarchy of what you truly care about you know there you know it, I, I just don't think that it's like you said everything that you do isn't always what you want to do yeah but it's just putting forth the effort in whatever it is that you're doing because you're doing it like yeah you either signed up for it or you have to do it so why not do it you know yeah. what i mean like well, i don't know that's like, the, think, that's the right theory because it's like you can either just like do the 80% and float through and, you know, get the 80% result and, and be in the same pack with everyone else. Or you could just see what happens if you just give a hundred percent at all the stuff you do. And again, that doesn't mean the result is going to be the one that you're hoping for and expecting. It just means that um, you're going to not have any regrets later on because you did give a hundred percent. It's like minimizing regret. regret. (laughs) Yeah. Regret is literally the most crippling thing in in my mind. Like, and you know, the decisions I make, like I'm not trying to make them out of fear and I don't know. It's just like my fiance and I always talk about, it's like, we never want to do anything. One, the things that we do now or the things, let's say the things that we, you know, have done, we don't want those things to be the best things in our life. I know. I know. Because then it's like, well, then what do you have to look forward to? It's kind of depressing. Right. Right. So you always looking back that. on always looking back on the past is like right. depressing. Even I mean, they could be great memories, but you don't want to always be living in the past, you know? Right. They can be like the best time in that moment of your life, but not the best time of your life. Because that's like yeah. what you have to look forward <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Like so And that's I, I, I uh that's something that Sadhguru talks about it. He says like depression is when people are stuck living, you know, negative experiences of the past over and over again. And anxiety is, you know, uh, basically you're stuck anticipating negative events of the future. So basically because humans are intelligent and they can use their memories and their imagination, memories from the past and imagination to project the future. He's basically saying people's own intelligences have turned against them. And now they're depressed about the past, anxious about the future. And because of those two things, they're not living in the present moment, in which case makes them either depressed and or anxious. And that's why, you know, you end up in a situation where, like you said, imagine if, imagine if you're thinking about those past situations, Nick, and it's not Ohio State football and all these good memories. It's all this negative stuff that you regret because you didn't give 100% effort. I think me and you are super blessed and super lucky that for some weird reason we decided to actually try for the things we wanted when we were younger before we knew any of this stuff or, you know, before we had learned anything about life and we were just like, well, we might as well just try at least just try because even if we never, you know, succeeded at the hundred or succeeded in anything, you know, at least we tried. I can't regret the fact that we failed as long as we gave enough effort to, to feel, um, like we, we wouldn't regret that situation. So I just feel like we're super lucky to be able to look back on positive memories. And some people are unfortunately 
they're looking back on negative memories and, um, and regrets. And if that is a scenario, you just got to use that as like, Hey man, let's start building good memories for the future. Now, like let's not keep creating these same and dwelling on these same past, you know, regrets. Yeah. Cause then it's, it's toxic. It's toxic. Sorry. I have something in my eye right now. <laughs> I promise I'm not up. crying. He's tearing up on us. <laughs> um, so let me, let me guide us back here to the, the, the top of our conversation, which is right. really, we're trying to get to the bottom of what was, what is more difficult our experience together. Cause we've, we've done all these things so far kind of together. Some of the hardest moments in our life have been together, uh, which is a really unique, cool way to, to look at this. Um, so between one of the toughest scenarios, which is fall camp and one of the toughest scenarios, is the hundred miler, I think we've determined so far, we were both in agreement that the hundred miler was, was the hardest thing we've done so far. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I agree. I, I think it's, um, the, like we talked about, they're very different, but the hundred miler I think takes the cake. Uh, one thing I will say though, is that marathon <laughs> that we did. I was gonna say, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Because... The, we, we did a marathon. I, I mentioned this earlier. We did a marathon, which was, um, yeah, 26.2 miles, but we did it without stopping, which I don't think is that crazy. I think a lot of people do marathons without stopping, but like I'm talking about not one second of stopping, like not, not stopping to, to, uh, tie your shoe or not, like, no, not, no walking at all. Like no no walking, no no stopping, no bathroom breaks. Um, that was so difficult. That, that, that was, that's in the running of these three things for some reason for me. I think it's number three. It is three. Yeah, I would say three. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's number three. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, crazy. I, I think it was just like <laughs> such a shock to our system because it goes back to that fear of the unknown. Like we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So each, you know, 0.1 miles past the half marathon point was new and unexpected and like you're just trying to survive it basically so the cramps the cramping was was pretty brutal it was like probably 90 degrees 90 92 yeah that was so very hot we were we were midday prepared yeah (laughs) midday yeah we started out early um well it just took us forever to finish the marathon (laughs) right it just took us forever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah no, yeah, no I definitely, my I definitely stomach my stomach killed during that so that was that was tough for me you like drank out being, of some janky yeah. water bottle that had i don't yeah. know like probably some, i don't know it. but that yeah that for some reason that lives on as number three in my opinion as the hardest challenges so far what's next uh you know we've we've done some good weightlifting challenges through football we've done some physical challenges and sports from football. We've done these. Now we've done these endurance ones, these hundred miler and marathon. What's next on the agenda? I, I would love to compete in a few triathlons with the Ironman being the, the big, the big beast. Okay. Kind of something to set the eyes on. I, 
like I think it goes back to the trend that what we've been doing. It's like identifying things, you know, things of interest, um, things that challenge us mentally, physically, and might not be amazing at them right now, but it's almost yeah. like working towards that or, or learning a new skill. You know, it's, it's something that's unique. It's different to us. It presents it as a new challenge. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited learning about a new sport, being able to connect with a new group of people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for Shout it. Shout out so. big runners club. BRC big runners club. Yeah. Yeah. Nick has a group called big runners club. So everybody make sure you join that. Um, yeah, check us out. Check us out. It's a fun community. We, uh, so when it, when's Iron Man? by the way, there are several, so there's several that are in the States. There's some abroad, but I won't be traveling for that due also to COVID. Um, but I, I know there's one, there's a, I want to say it's in Texas. I forget which part of Texas. I know there's, it's like April 24th is one that we're kind of, at least kind of, I'm kind of setting my eyes on. Yeah. Um, I believe there's one or two others in the month of May or June. It's, it's tough right now because all of last year's races Getting got rescheduled. moved to this year. Yeah. Yeah, so some of them are TBD. Some of them are um, kind of being moved around. Maybe they might be in one area, but they were moved last minute. So I would probably say in the late spring or summer. Okay. We'll plan on that. For the viewers out there, we will be hitting an Ironman next year, it sounds like, at probably probably around late April, I would imagine. Late April would be a good good time frame. yeah, what well, so Derek and I, we've been doing jujitsu and Muay Thai. Yeah, so and that you guys have been that's, legally that's been our, up on each other. We've been legally trying to kill each other the past <laughs> little while now. So that's been that's been of interest for me. Um I don't know if I'll I we did compete in jujitsu. Um I, I may try to compete in something else at some point, but you say Muay, you know, Muay Thai or no? Um I I don't know. I, I would was probably rather was do MMA than Muay Thai. I mean, Muay Thai is what like we train at at the gym, yeah. but you kind of mix that and jujitsu and gotcha. You get MMA, but um, hey, why not? Yeah, I don't know what the future is for that. I we've taken a lot of head beatings from uh, football already, so <laughs> um, I I don't know. I have a lot of fun doing it though, so that that could be something for the next year. But man, I really want to do the another ultra. Derek and I are talking about that. We have to before you get married in um, in August. April, or August. Jeez, wow. Oh God, you don't. Even, I know your marriage day. You don't. Even, <laughs> we said April for that. And Emily, start May. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be no. in the doghouse, man. I'm gonna be sleeping outside tonight. Yeah, no. Um, before August, we have to do. Well, actually, this is perfect because. Before your wedding, your wedding's like almost on the same day we ran our 100 miler last year, and we made a pact that we got to do 100 miler per year. So we have to hit a 100 miler before your wedding. And yeah, it has to be with significant time before. Because no, no, I it has to because I'm going to be leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like crawling down. Yeah, I need significant time to recover. <laughs> I, I, say, I say we do this because if we hit an Ironman in the end of. Uh, what if we hit an Ironman like end of April or like beginning of May? We'll be in great shape. We'll be in great shape at that point to hit. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, well, yeah, true. <laughs> if it's anything, if it's anything like this last time, we didn't prepare very much. Um, 
but no we'll we'll hit one of those and then we'll if we can just do we could do it like what june maybe i would say june would be ideal yeah i'll be graduated by then yeah carefree no worries late late june and then we just relax july (laughs) yeah let me see dude we got a bachelor party too so we gotta we gotta make coincide that as well no, we'll do that earlier. Or it could yeah. be art. Like, yeah. yeah who knows? Dude, that's going to be Surprise, a groomsmen. We're going on a race. <laughs> 100 mile race. Yeah. We're at, remember, we're at Jackson's. We're just running. We're, we're at his bachelor party. And we're like, yeah, we're just going to go on a quick little eight mile run. We'll be back holding up the remember whole bachelor we party. We saw that, like, deer or moose or what it was that? Remember, it was, we thought it was, like, fake. Yes, <laughs> there that horse. There was a horse that oh, we thought was. Horse? We it thought was it was a statue. Thought it was yeah, a horse yeah, statue. It, it looked silver. It and looked then it did, it literally looked fake. And then it just moved. And I've never seen you jump so. Oh, dude, <laughs> made me have to go to the bathroom, dude. I had to <laughs> drop a deuce in the woods. Right yeah, on that. on a real note, how many times between me, you, and Derek have we now? had to go to the bathroom in the middle of uh, a race <laughs> or run. Yeah, Countless. Like I thought it was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to make it home. Like I have to be close. Like our, or, you know, wherever we're at, like I had, to be, I had to be close to a friend's house. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Now I'm like, all right, is there a tree line? Like, can I just like <laughs> go quick and, you know, relieve myself and Sometimes you know, you just can't control yourself anymore. Your body just gives up. <laughs> leave it as right, it well, we will um we'll we'll close this one out here is there any last words you want to say uh before you this is your this is my first ever guest so you're my you'll be my returning guest my my uh on the podcast wow, I, first ever nick see me round of applause wow thank Beautiful. you thank you thank you um, no, yeah any, any last I, words you got always a pleasure um appreciate everything you've done for me and Looking forward to what is Likewise. next for us. So, super excited. Yeah, excited to see what we uh, we tackle next. All right, fellas, we will see you guys in the next video. Subscribe. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna get some nice guests on here. We got to do one. Me, you, and Derek uh, recap oh, of the race. Absolutely, so that that will be. <laughs> We're gonna three So yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. All right, all righty, fellas. We'll we'll catch you in the next one. Subscribe. Peace. Hold on. Let me click.